Hello, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. I will be reading from the book by Jensen Franklin, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed, Five Steps to Surviving the Chaos of Life. Destined to Overcome. Have you ever been through a season in in your life where you just can't understand it? Where you try tracing the line of your past to your present, but it doesn't seem to tell you anything about your future. Often we forget that our life has an author, a loving father in heaven who chose to write our name into his story. And he wants to tell a fascinating a fascinating story through our days. If we'll let him. In part 1, we're going to uncover the truth that while you're walking, God is working. God is over all in charge and you are on a prophetic journey toward his great purpose for your life this is true even when the chaos of life erupts and the signs of the last days flash before your eyes we will also take a little temple tour with jesus and hear his response to questions about what life will be like in the days leading up to his return I will introduce you to five steps I believe he gave us to help us explore who we are in him and how we live in these end times because of it. I want to show you how whatever overwhelms you might be the very thing that leads you to know him better. When you're walking, God is working. Imagine that you're a basket maker who has been approached to make a special basket for a special purpose. You weave together reeds overlapping one another, then you coat the basket with a double application of tar and pitch to prevent water from leaking through. You seal every crack with an artist's perfection. The basket is paid for and collected, and you never see it again. Years later, you discover how that very same piece of craftsmanship saved the life of an infant named Moses, marked by the Almighty to be Israel's greatest deliverer. Imagine that you lived centuries ago in a town called Bethlehem. A clan of shepherds is concerned about wild bears and lions that they are attacking the flocks. The shepherds ask you for help in making them a crude weapon, something small enough to carry, yet strong enough to defeat the predators. You fasten a piece of woven wool between two strips of leather, and you have your finished product. Your name will never be spoken of as the creator of this weapon, but this slingshot will go down in history made famous by a teenage warrior named David when he used it to slay Goliath. Over a thousand years later, in the same city, imagine you are the owner of a village inn. A major tax has been imposed and every family must return to the family's birthplace to register for a census. You hear a knock on the door. Before you stands a man along with his pregnant wife sitting on a donkey. She is ready to go into labor at any time. They ask for a room, 
but you don't have any available. You offer them all you have left, a stable where you keep the animals. You are unaware that you have just provided the birthplace where the Messiah of the world will be born. Your stable will be celebrated every year when the world remembers the birth of the infant Christ. What would it be like to participate in an event that was predicted in the Bible thousands of years ago? You might not even fully realize it in the moment. As far as you're concerned, you're just doing something you always do, or you might feel helpless and hopeless, and yet one act of obedience can spark the outburst of an ordained journey. Would you recognize God at work in a divine moment as you walk it out? You are a prophetic journey. You are part of biblical prophecy at this very moment. Our generation has been marked with prophetic promises. God is allowing us to see events unfolding that the ancient prophets only saw in visions and dreams. It's easy to forget that God is orchestrating behind the scenes as we go about our business in the process of living our lives. He has sent you a prophetic sent you on a prophetic journey. If you trust him, you can know that he is in control and that he holds you in his hand. Read that last line again. You can know that he is in control and that he holds you in his hand. Does it comfort you or frighten you? You are reading this book for a reason. You can't take another sleepless night. You can't kick a habit that has morphed into a full-blown addiction that is destroying your relationships with those around you. Food is more than comfort. It is a source of security, yet it never satisfies that hunger that growls deeper each passing day. Take a breath deeply this time. Your story can change right now. One encounter, an inconvenient detour, even the desperation of wanting to heal from a trauma can bring you one step closer to where God wants you to be. Whole and healed, filled with joy and purpose, ready and able to carry out whatever mission he has planned for your life. He is always at work, even if you've numbed yourself to the point that you don't even see it anymore. God is still working it out while you are walking it out. And if you're available and willing, he can give you the tools you need to overcome the nightmares that are plaguing you and keeping you from the ultimate destiny destiny he has prepared for you. I think of Saul before he knew he would become the first king of Israel. At the time, he was a young man living in his father's house, gulping down a bowl of cereal when his dad asked him with a mission. The dad didn't tell the son to take out the trash or to pick up the toilet paper. He told Saul that three donkeys were missing and that it was Saul's job to find them. Please take one of the servants with you 
and arise, go and look for the donkeys. Saul's father said in 1 Samuel 1, 9-3. The Bible doesn't tell us the relationship, what it was like between the father and son, but if Saul was a typical teenager, he probably rolled his eyes and groaned in response, you know, just because his father told him to do something. Saul had no idea at that point of the destiny God had for his life. He had no clue that the mission his father was sending him on would culminate in his being anointed the first king of Israel. He didn't know that he was on the brink of beginning a prophetic journey for a whole nation that would produce a Messiah and that one day this Messiah would come back and that his kingdom would never end. Saul just thought he was doing what he had to do, obeying his annoying father and doing another dumb chore. So he and a servant went on a journey, which lasted three days, to look for the missing donkeys. The men searched the land for these brain animals and could not find them. Saul was ready to give up. He told his companion, Come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. But the servant had a better idea. Look now, there is in the city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Come, let us go to the seer for who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer, verses 6 and 9. While Saul was moving in one direction, God was also moving in another. He had already spoken to the prophet about the young man's arrival. I love the fact that God was working on both sides. He was setting up the right situation the right person, the right place, and the right time. And when God was ready, a collision of destiny. This is what it means to be on a prophetic journey. It happened to Saul. It happened to the basket weaver, the slingshot maker, and the innkeeper. And right now, it's happening to you. It's time to root out what has been holding you hostage from God's plan. The day before Saul and the servant decided to seek out the prophet, Samuel, God, had told the prophet, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, and that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. 1 Samuel 9.16 That is crazy. Saul has no idea. (laughs) The Bible says that the Lord told Samuel in his ear about Saul's coming. This is so powerful. We can't speak if we don't hear. We need a sensitive ear like the prophet. We need to listen for God's words. While Saul and his servant were on their way to the city to look for the prophet, 
Samuel was walking toward them from the opposite direction. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? And suddenly the paths of the two men, strangers to one another, on the journey, on journeys of their own, and with separate agendas, hurtled into one another with power enough to unlock the prophecy of a future king with an eternal kingdom. Saul answered, Samuel answered Saul and told him, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today and tomorrow, and I will let you go, and I will tell you all that is in your heart. And before Saul could get a word in, Samuel added in paraphrase, Oh yeah, and those donkeys you're looking for, don't worry about them. They're found and taken care of, waiting for you to take them back home. (laughs) The three men broke bread. Saul and his servant spent the night at the prophet's house. The next day, Samuel made Saul send the servant back home ahead of him and then began to prophesy over and anoint Saul as the first king of Israel. You may not see it or even believe it yet, but you are a prophetic journey. Sometimes it takes losing donkeys to discover what God's plan was all along.